Hey everyone, and welcome to Bad Voltage. Hope you're all doing well. I'm here with Stuart Ian Langridge and Jeremy uh, Garcia. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you big I know. chicken. What are you? Yeah. Literally, do this every freaking couple of weeks and no preparation. So, we are, uh, this is going to be a really interesting episode of Bad Voltage for two reasons. One is that we've done zero preparation. Um, so we're just going to wing it, which for you is typical, but for the rest of us, yeah, 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 yeah. Say, so it's actually particularly weird for Jeremy, I would argue, who, uh, comes with like a binder full of numbers <laughs> every time we have an episode, but, uh, we're also going to, the, the second reason why this episode is going to be interesting is because we're going to be talking about making money in this like new era of social media. So X or previously known as Twitter, um, <laughs> as everybody says, um, you know, for example, you can you can subscribe to certain to, to, to users and you can pay to see their tweets. Um, obviously, people have been monetizing on YouTube for many years. There's Patreon, there's Substack. There's all of these different ways in which you can make money. And the big question is, there's been a lot of change, especially in social media in the last two or three years. Um, um, the most recent news as we as we record this is that uh, Elon Musk is thinking about um, charging. Um, a dollar a year, um, uh, really primarily to get rid of bots, for example. We don't want to talk about that because that's a whole separate question. But the model around social media has been futzed with a little bit. So what do you guys think? Do you think do you think creators can reasonably make money? And I think to channel this discussion, we should separate out like musicians on Spotify and things like that, because that's kind of separate. But people who are creating content, video or text content, things like that, do you think they can make money with these new models? What do you think? I certainly think someone can make money, um, but I suspect it's <laughs> the platforms rather than the people, rather than the creators. I, I, I read an interesting thing from um, uh, a chap on Reddit uh, while I was, because I did do a little bit of prep. So I, so I did a bit of looking around because I wanted to understand how people have reacted to this because a lot has changed in the last couple of years and in the last couple of months, actually. Um and I saw one chap saying, hey, I got a $20 super chat on YouTube, and I only actually got $9.80. What's up with that? <laughs> and it turns out that um, if if someone makes a payment from their iPhone, so they give you a $20 super chat, Apple take 30% of that, and then Google take 30% of what remains. What is, it, what, is it, what, what is a super chat? I've oh, never right, heard of okay. this. Sorry. So if you are... Um, uh, if you're doing a live stream or something like that, then, um, you know, there's the chat box down the side. Oh, uh, we uh, can pay to appear. Uh, uh, like and, in the- uh, and a super chat, you pay some money. I believe you can pay any amount of money you like. It doesn't have to be fixed. Um, right. But, uh, you can, uh, you can make a payment and then your chat message shows up in kind of bright colors. Um, and there's a, there's a sort of evolving, um, I, uh, I don't know what you call it, a custom, a convention that if someone's live streaming and super chats come in, they'll quite often call that person out live on the stream. Um, so it seems to be kind of a way or it seems to be evolving into a thing where if you want the person you're watching to mention you, do a super chat. Um, mm, so, mm. so, wor- so it works out okay. But as I say, it's, it's interesting to me that, uh, R- routinely now everyone takes 30% on everything and you get bitten by that twice 
if someone makes a payment from their iPhone, because Apple take 30% and then Google take 30% of what remains. Does Google take 30% of the, let's say you do $10. Is it 30% of the 10 or 30% of the 7? I Now that I'm not sure about. That is a good <laughs> question. This is a great um, question. Because <laughs> if it's 30% of the 10, the fact that you end up with 4 bucks out of 10 is a little rough. <laughs> Yeah, well, this, yeah, this is it. Like I said, I mean, this bloke um, got a $20 super chat and actually got $9.80, which is someone goes, here's some money and you get half of that money. That is harsh. So like I say, someone's making money and there's been this, there's been this pivot. Um, I think towards this notion of let's build an ecosystem where, um, People send money to you for stuff rather than we'll build a platform on which you can sell things. It's much it's not like, I don't know, eBay or Etsy or whatever. Um, this yeah. to me feels like a, a, a change, a material shift in the you send money to a person while they're doing something or um, for paying for work if you're Patreon, or paying per month if you're Patreon. YouTube also have um, a regular, you can um, sign up essentially like Patreon, right? They're, they would like the money to go to them instead of Patreon for this. Um, and this this pivot, this shift towards encouraging people take money and then we take a slice of it, seems to yeah. be the thing that everyone's trying to do. Reddit have a contributor program. Now they've killed Reddit gold and the, and it's very much the same model. Um, the artist formerly known as Twitter, as you know, has, um, <laughs> if, if you are a verified user, then they will share money with you based on how many other verified users look to ads around your content. That's a particularly interesting one. Although I saw in New Zealand, they rolled out just to use the site. Now you have to pay a dollar a year. Yeah, yeah, well, that's th th that's the new test. Yeah, uh, but get, getting back to the, which is just anti -bell thing. So yeah. I, I mean, realistically, all the platforms always took a cut, right? Because the the yes. using YouTube as the example, like Mr. Beast last year, they made like whatever it was, fifty four million dollars, but presumably YouTube made more than that in ads if they paid him out that much. So they were but, always yeah. taking a cut. This is just a more explicit different version of that, which I think is it's interesting <laughs> to see the the pivot. To me, it feels, and this is to some extent sophistry, right? But it feels fundamentally different to me because the ad model is YouTube make money and give some of it to you. That's Twitter's model. Whereas the new model is you make money and give some of it to YouTube. As I say, it's sophistry to some extent, yeah. right? Yeah. It's still a $10 bill floats towards someone and YouTube cut the end off of it and give you the rest, regardless of who actually gets paid. <laughs> but, you know, that was the, um, the feeling I have is that it's kind of reversed the, uh, uh the direction that things are, the, the, the things are coming from. Who's the, who's the primary person? You are deliberately choosing to pay, um, Mr. Beast or, uh, whoever whoever it is you're watching and then youtube are taking a slice of that or um whoever's taking a slice of that as opposed to youtube make money by running ads on the video that you make and then they give some of that to you as a reward for you running allowing them to run ads on it does that make sense you know the thing that i find particularly interesting about all of this stuff is that there's a lot of kind of discussion and exploration going on around different mechanisms to monetize, whether it's 
sponsored tweets or ads on videos or whether it's, you know, um, people pay, you know, to see your content at Substack or whatever. But to me, the glaring elephant in the room here is what are people actually willing to pay for? Right. So, Hmm. you know, um, the ad model has proven itself. We talked about advertising recently, right? Like it's a huge industry. It works. Um, and people can justify it because if I run an ad and it costs me $10 to run the ad to get a customer and my product is $50 or whatever, then I can justify it. Um, and then I thought, I thought YouTube especially were genius in then splitting that with the creators and that clearly has worked. But what I don't know is whether people, to what extent people are willing to pay for content? Like, are people willing to pay for tweets? Are people willing to pay for, um, for written content? Like, um, there are, uh, what is it? Is it Stratechery, whatever it is, that guy who does that? I, I know you both mention it all the time. Ben Thompson. Well, pe- people clearly pay for that, right? Yeah, I do. So I don't know, wh- like, where is the line drawn and how can you, I can understand people paying for an expert's opinion in the same way that people pay for books. But like, how can you scale that out to the masses? Like, and what, like, I worry if we don't figure out what people are willing to pay for, then a lot of these models aren't going to work. So to me, one of the things which is interesting is the notion of quid pro quo patronage is um, a way of thinking about it. So the model of, uh, I make a thing, and if you pay, you get the thing. And if you don't pay, you don't get the thing. This is like what selling is. This is what money was invented for 50,000 years ago. <laughs> um, <All right. laughs> but, but Patreon, uh, at least, had the concept of it not being like that. That what you were doing is you, um, you were paying for someone to do something but not so you would then have exclusive access to the thing. You want them to just carry on producing things. This is a similar kind of model to, to some extent, what Kickstarter was originally invented for before it became a shop. Um, that you're right. not, you're not paying. So when they write a thing or make a video or whatever, you get access to it and everyone else doesn't. You're not paying for exclusivity. You're paying so that their thing keeps happening. And you're happy to fund that because you like the fact that their thing keeps happening. But everyone can have it once it's made. Now, obviously, this has a gargantuan free rider problem because you're like, well, if everyone else is going to pay, I don't have to. But it's it's popular enough that a lot of people on Patreon, at least, have that model because Patreon lets you um, lets lets your patrons pay either per month or per work, per item of thing you create. And they do both of them, and a lot of others don't. Yeah, I think that is a really interesting point, because it just, again, it kind of gets back to, it reminds me of when we had these conversations about NFTs, right? And it's like, you can't have a conversation without dissecting what value actually means in itself. But it's the same kind of thing, like, what are people willing to put their hands in their pocket for? Like, I, 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 I mean, I would assume that if you trust somebody's judgment, like the guy from Stratechery, then you're willing to pay on a, on a monthly basis because you want that consistency of value, right? Whereas there are some things you'd only pay for once. Like I would only pay for a, a movie. Like I'll pay for a movie, but I'm not going to pay for I'm not going to pay a studio as a general rule. Although <laughs> the counter the, the 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 counter argument to that is HBO Max. 
Paramount Plus. So by you won't pay a studio, you mean you do in fact currently pay a studio? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just proved my own. I, I proved my own point wrong halfway through proving the point wrong. Yeah, and like Netflix <laughs> originals and what have you, right? And people are. Um, so we've talked in the past about people being willing to pay for journalism, for example, and like the New York Times um, have. Uh, quite sharply ramped up the amount of money they get from subscriptions rather than advertising. So is this not so much, oh, exciting brand new funding models as the beginning of the death knell for the ad funded model? Right. I, I don't, I don't mean, think so, the ad funded model is going anywhere. You know, I, no. I mean, so Jerry, you've talked quite a lot in the past about how, um, there used to be all this money sloshing about in the system, and now there isn't, and people actually have to give a shit about whether they're profitable or not. Is this that? So I, I am curious how sustainable <laughs> some of these things are, and that it's clear there was there's still some leftover personal funds, I think, from some some of the uh, pandemic response funds that that were available, <laughs> and it's it's clear people are spending it in ways that are atypical, and I don't know will be carried forward once those funds are gone. So I am curious. I, I don't. I do think the ad model has changed. To be clear, like ATT clearly has had, and we've talked about it before, has clearly changed the dynamics of advertising on sites of this nature, and that will clearly never be rolled back. Like this is as much as I hate this term, the new normal. <laughs> so whether this is a response to it is more difficult to for sites like YouTube to make money with ads, and especially sites that aren't run by an entity like Google that has so many first so much first party data. So especially sites that relied on third party data and and ATT had the biggest impact there. I don't know if this is partially a response to that. Is okay. The the whole pie now got reduced. How do we get the pie to approximate what it used to be? Why don't we try to get people to pay for content in this manner? But again, I'm I'm definitely curious to see how sustainable this is over time, or will people get a little bit fatigued of having to put a dollar here and a dollar here, and every time they like something, it's you know it's a small amount of money in any given transaction, but over time, in aggregate, will be larger amounts of money. I suspect. If it's going to be a model that works, so curious to to understand yeah. what what the longer term dynamics will be. I yeah. do wonder whether the you know I mean I think YouTube is so interesting to analyze because it's amazing if you think about the creator community out there over the years, the sheer amount of money that creators spend to produce videos, uh, like the top tier ones who are like make, actually making money from from YouTube, like they they have like full studios. You know, Mr. Beast is giving cars away to people, like because they know that the economics work, right? Because the advertising revenue is coming in. I think if the model was flipped and you had to pay for that, I think if Mr. Beast was saying, you know, for each video or you know, you you can pay twenty dollars a month or whatever, I don't think you'd get anywhere near enough revenue to be able to do uh, that. Well, you see, now that's interesting because if you look at say Nebula as an example, right, which is um, invited video creators. Um, uh, it's essentially YouTube, except you've got to be invited to be part of it, and it's paid for. Uh, it's a subscription service, $5 a month, I think it is. Um, and they're essentially acting like a, like a TV channel, right? <laughs> Basically. Um, yep. and that model seems to be working quite well for them. Now they're, they've been very clear about the fact our goal is not to be a YouTube rival. It's not somewhere that everyone, the whole world can put whatever videos they like, and then we work our way to monetize it. This is 
people doing serious work. But like you said, the, 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 the top creators, like when Twitch had the payments leak, um, critical role, the, the D&D show, um, they were the top earner at that point and they were making about $300,000 a month from Twitch payments, regardless of all their other monetary sources of finance, money and whatever. But they've got a whole studio. You know, they've, they employ like 50 people. So you've got to be making money on that kind of order. It, 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 and this, this to me becomes interesting because you don't want to diverge into this too much, but in order to, if you want to be Mr. Beast or whatever and have that level of production quality, then you've got to employ a shit out of people to do it, which means that you've got to make loads of money in order to pay those people. So it's harder to break into that. Um, because there's now essentially um, the idea of, hey, I'm going to make some videos and maybe make some money of it, is not the case. It's all professional video makers. They just happen to be putting their stuff on Nebula or on YouTube rather than on the BBC. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's, I think, I think it's, uh, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me, put it this way. Maybe I should make this a prediction for the end of year predictions. That the only model that will work is ad is ad sharing ad revenue. So your contention, and I don't mean to steal your thunder for the end of the year, but I guess we got two months left. So your contention <laughs> is yeah. that none none of these will work. I I I fear that that might be the case. Like I want them to work. I want a world where people will, frankly, go out and buy a record from a band, and people will pay for a great piece of content from a writer. Um, but I worry that the you know, like Chris Anderson's like long long tail model. I worry that that doesn't work in terms of people paying for digital content. I think people just don't value digital content. Like they'll pay for a book, a hardback book or a paperback book. But the great thing about the ad revenue piece is that it rewards creators who create content that gets viewed. But the problem with that model is it also rewards people who create clickbaity bullshit. Like a lot of the stuff that's on YouTube, like... There's so much garbage on YouTube, right? Like, um, that gets rewarded because, you know, they do clickbait and then they get the views and then they get the ad money. But there's so, so much garbage on any platform that makes money. Like, garbage TV is some of the most popular TV. Yeah. Like Survivor and stuff like that, right? <laughs> and, uh, and this is exactly what Twitter is, right? Twitter's model of sharing revenue with, uh, people posting is very explicitly designed to be right clickbait because that's how you get paid. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm not sure they're specifically going for clickbait, but the model can be abused by clickbait <laughs> for sure. There's um, no doubt. Um, maybe, maybe it's just a happy accident because that's what's <laughs> happening. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, but is it, I don't think it's sufficiently different on Twitter than it is anywhere else to Jeremy's point. Like, uh, there's a lot of horseshit on Twitter. It'll be interesting to see whether Twitter works because um, I've, I've I've got I've got some stuff here and we'll link to it in the show notes if I remember. Um, saying that there was an eighty to eighty five percent drop in the RPM, which is revenue per meal, um, between the last two payout periods at Twitter. So basically, the 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 creator money they got a big wedge at the beginning and then after they dropped off a cliff. Now I don't have right. a, I don't really have a sense of why, um, but that I think is interesting. To your mm. on, on on your point, John, I, I 
I would like these alternative models to work because I don't want things to be ad-supported, right? The ads are annoying and invasive. And interestingly, uh, a week ago, I got um, on YouTube and I got a pop-up thing from YouTube saying, ad blockers are not allowed on YouTube. And then there was a button to close it. And then it changed to the same pop-up but now um, the close button is a little clock and it has to count out for three or four seconds before you're allowed to click close. You know, like really annoying mobile ads where they, where the close oh, yeah. button is a white X on a white background and it's really tiny. And so they've inserted something <laughs> more annoying than an ad to try to get you to turn your ad blocker off, basically. I think Jano and I both pay for YouTube premium, so we don't see any ads. So oh, I've, I've never seen this. Right. So the thing I saw today... Um, was I not only got the ad blockers a banned pop up, but it said at the bottom, um, you're allowed to watch three videos and then you'll be blocked from watching videos. So this is Google full bore offensive against ad blockers on YouTube. Oh wow! So to me, this does not suggest All in that favor. they're piv- All in favor. pivoting away from the ad model. They're they're prepared to go. We're going to ban you from watching this unless you pay for. It. I mean. Obviously, at the, of, at the bottom of this pop-up dialogue box is a great big link saying, subscribe to YouTube Premium, and then we'll stop hassling you about this. So, <laughs> well, One thing that's interesting to me uh, just about this discussion is how we've lumped in things like YouTube and YouTube Premium and paid newsletters like Stratechery, and you even put GitHub sponsors in this. Yeah. So it's it's from a how we're mentally modeling this perspective is fascinating to me that we've lumped what to me are three wholly unrelated things into the same bucket because they are paying and in one form or another digital content, I suppose. I don't know if coding is really digital content, but I guess if it's on GitHub, it is digital. So the reason I put GitHub sponsors in there is because I was interested in the comparison. Because I basically assumed, until I looked into this, that GitHub sponsors just died on its ass, and there were a bunch of people getting $13 a month from it or whatever. And this dude was getting 100000 a year, which surprised me. And I don't think he's the highest or anything. I, can't, I, I couldn't find any statistics on who the highest paid GitHub, uh, the, the highest uh, paid person on GitHub sponsors was. Um, but... If you're getting out a thousand a year through this, then that's a career right there. And this is a, um, this is a monthly payment thing, right? You're not, um, you're not paying for, uh, you know, when a new release of the software comes out, then you get the software and you don't. It's, it's very explicitly a sponsors program. So you pay $14 a month to this guy and then he does his thing. And if you decide you don't like his thing, you stop sponsoring him. It's the, um, it's the Patreon, yeah. it's the Patreon monthly model. As it's a, completely unsustainable, though. Why? Because the so I I don't like the GitHub sponsors model. Without turning, I mean, this is probably a separate conversation, but in a nutshell, I don't like it because I think what it does is it celebrates a very small set of, admittedly, very important contributors to a project, but a lot of the people who either don't have the profile or the reputation do not get that money, right? Like a lot of the people who are doing leak, to, to, to use a term, to use a, a comparison, the person who builds the app, right, will, you know, will, will, will get the money. But what about the person who is, who, what about the people who are doing the documentation, the people who are setting up the CICD, the people who are doing the unit testing, the people who are doing the uninteresting grunt work that kind of keeps it going? 
you know, the paper, the paper sizes library person probably ain't getting no money from GitHub sponsors, right? That's my worry about the sponsors model is it becomes a cult of personality. But hmm. to be fair to GitHub, but to be fair to GitHub, the other option to that is that you, you make contributions to the, like, to the project, right? And that was like, eh, you should pay the project, not the individuals, right? That was the response to GitHub sponsors. But most of these projects don't have a mechanism to handle money, to take it in. They don't want to do taxes. And then distributing it is difficult. We had this economical where people donated to Ubuntu. And we there was, we, we tried to give that money away. And we couldn't, right? It was hard to give that money away. Yeah. So the GitHub sponsors model, I think, is imperfect. But it's probably the best that they've got. I do sort of see your point. But... When it comes down to money, basically everything's a popularity contest, right? Now, I know a whole bunch of people who are better singers than Bono, and none of them have got a private jet, and he has a hundred <laughs> private jets, right? Is that justified and reasonable? No, but that's the world, right? I don't know how to fix that. To be fair to Bono, success is not just about the singing. Yeah. It's about building the band and building an operation and, and, and getting the band out there, of which he's very capable. And, you know, the progressive vegetarian grindcore dude right great singer <laughs> not great at marketing right <laughs> so uh sure but 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 that that was your objection to get up sponsors right you're you're saying it's a popularity contest but that's what marketing is by definition anything where the people who are best at marketing do best at it is a popularity contest by definition <laughs> But the other thing as well, the other reason why I think it's just, it's not sustainable is, is there's one extra layer, which is, and I'm going to say this, and everybody is going to be surprised by this statement, people don't pay for fucking software, right? Like, Red Hat tried it years ago, didn't work. Canonical uh, considered trying it, didn't work, right? People pay for services, they pay for all this other, people don't pay for open source software. Ah. They don't. Now, you inserted the words open source. Uh, you know, yes, you did. Because like, you're like, people don't pay for software. And I'm like, I must bring the people at Adobe and mention it to them because they're doing okay. Oh, people pay for like Photoshop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about open, so- I'm talking about open source software specifically. Of course, yeah, people pay for Apple and, you know, Photoshop and whatever else. But yeah. So I don't think like... You know, yeah, like put it this way. I tell you what I wouldn't do if I was a developer. If I got that $100,000, um, one, you can earn more money elsewhere. But two, I would not be depending on that as my income. <laughs> so. I don't know. I mean, I, I think your point, Jono, about how you'd like to see this work, but you don't think it's going to. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, I'd love to see it work. I understand that point. To me, it's weird because the idea of, I will, instead of, I'll watch ads that some big company puts around the stuff you build and then you get a share of that ad revenue. Instead, I decide to go, this thing you did, I liked it. So I will either give you money for it or I will give you money so you continue to produce things like it or whatever. It feels more honest to me. It feels like a more direct connection with the people who actually Well, it cuts out the middleman, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. It cuts out the middleman. It's direct. But. The point is, it doesn't seem to cut out the middleman because I give them $20 and they actually get $9.80. So, uh, so that's, it is, in fact, mostly middlemen. Yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's, uh, it's all bloody middle. There's hardly any ends left. This is, what, this, is what, this is what I think the people mean when they say they can't make ends meet anymore because it's all bloody middle. But that's, so, so we solved it. We figured it out. Here's how you make money on the internet. You become the middleman. 
And yes, <laughs> and it's almost it's almost like the five biggest companies on earth have worked that out already. Yeah, um, there we go. We got we got all the middlemen we need. But but that to me is interesting because I don't like the peasants. I don't know whether this kind of cheery thought that I have that this is a more honest way to do things and the money really goes to the people I care about. I don't know whether I really think that or whether I've been seduced into thinking that by a bunch of people who want me to think that so they get their 30% of every pound I spend from now on. You know that right now, a number of people who are listening to this in this moment are sat in a dimly lit dungeon surrounded by Cheetos and Doritos and mess and squalor. And they are screaming the words crypto into <laughs> their speakers well they could go on and scream it i mean i'm hoping <laughs> that that has finally passed us by now we got through the um the crypto web 3 nft bollocks and it's now gone in the past and has died on its ass ah uh, not if you're on twitter where every six minutes somebody is messaging me about some bullshit crypto coin <laughs> Someday we'll find out how many bored apes Jono actually purchased. <laughs> In fact, zero bored apes. <laughs> I wish I believed that. <laughs> it is a sad realization when, like, the world we should have, I'm not sure if it's possible. Um, but the one thing I, I know, uh, I, and I don't want to revisit the conversation we had about advertising from a couple of shows back, but uh yes google uh meta linkedin microsoft whatever they run these advertising networks but i do think there is the added benefit of advertising of that then becomes a platform that small businesses can use so if if i'm a content creator if i'm not mr beast if i'm jeremy garcia right and i'm putting content out about datadog or linux or whatever um if i can get ad revenue and small businesses can run ads and they can make money as well, then maybe the middleman isn't so bad after all. But again, I mean, isn't a better model that you like what they're doing and so you give them $10 for it? Yes, but we have to live in the world we live in, not but, right, some so, aspirational so, world. So basically your pitch is people won't pay for stuff. No, they won't. We've proven that. The corpses of many companies have proven that. <laughs> I mean, look at look at Spotify um, as one as one as one such example, right? Like the Spotify has become so popular because the alternative was buying CDs. Okay, I mean that's not that's not a bad argument, you know. And and I'm one of them. Like I'm 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 part of the problem. Like to me, I'm what buying CDs. what I think will be interesting is uh, this is the normal. Um, the thing of decentralizing and then centralizing again. If we build a world in which everyone is going, hey, pay me $5 every month and I'll carry on doing my thing, or whether it's Patreon or GitHub sponsors or YouTube or uh, Nebula or Twitch or whatever, Reddit contributors, um, it wouldn't surprise me if someone that says, hey, I'll provide a convenient service for you. I'll bundle together a bunch of the creators you like in one payment. And we just reinvent, like, cable companies or whatever, right? But for Patreon right. payments or something along those lines. What I think is fascinating about the cable company content is I genuinely believe the cable companies are now going to trend toward you pay them money and what you get is Hulu and Netflix and 
Paramount Plus, yeah. all from one company, which turns out was what we started with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. They're just going to reap. <laughs> That's exciting because people don't like being don't like they're being middlemen, don't like being disintermediated. So everyone's like, I want a direct relationship with the customer. But customers don't like it particularly because then instead of dealing with one company, you've got to deal with 60. And it's really annoying. This is why, um, see, I think a lot of this is down to the fact that Patreon basically don't have a rival and they're not very good at what they do. There's a bunch of stuff they could be doing a lot better, but there's currently... No one else really in the game who you could go to. Um, and Patreon, if anything, are making things worse rather than better. But what about like Substack, YouTube? Right. They're all rivals. Yeah, but well, uh, YouTube is a rival now, but th- th- this is exactly the point, right? Patreon, uh, YouTube are essentially going, well, the way people are making money is with sponsorships, which is nothing to do with us anyway. Um, and, uh, Get they're paying money on a regular basis, these people with Patreon. What they should do is they should pay it with a regular basis uh, through YouTube instead, because then we get to keep 30% of it, and it's not going somewhere yeah. else. So they're basically setting themselves up as a rival. Now, obviously, YouTube only works if you are a video creator, and you're prepared to limit yourself to YouTube, whereas Patreon works yeah. for anything. Um, yes. But yes, does, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's what's happening. These are people attempting to set themselves up as a rival to Patreon in their specific things. They're being disintermediated from the money by Patreon, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So to my mind, this is what I think lots of people are trying to do. They recognized Patreon are were at least really the only game in town. I mean, literally everyone who hopes to make money through producing things, digital things, has a Patreon. Every bloody one. And someone's going to look at that and go, why shouldn't that be John Oeon instead? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> it should be John Oeon. Yeah. And, 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 and Patreon have screwed up a bunch of stuff. And they, and persistently, they, they're making people unhappy. Um, but there's nowhere else for anyone to go, which is one of the few times you will ever hear me say that this is a thing which needs disrupting. Normally, if someone says we oh need to, oh my, you have found God. your massively transformational purpose, and I like it. Yeah. You don't like the word. You don't like the word content. But you, oh. no, all right? No. Can somebody can can somebody snip out that little bit, just that one sentence that he said about disrupting, <laughs> and spread it around the no, internet? No, this is only my point. <laughs> to, to be clear, anyone who uses the word disrupt is a class one catastrophic wanker. Right. Even if you, <laughs> even if you're, at, yeah, the name of the show. <laughs> even if you are actually Clayton Christensen, you're still. A, <laughs> but it's true. It's a, but you are hypercredible. Uh, yes. I, I, I am hypercredible. But, but this is one of the few situations where it ought to happen. There's one company who've got all of that business. They're not doing very well, and everyone's really jarred off with them. But there's nowhere else anywhere can go. Anyone can go. So that is right for someone else to come in and do it right. I mean, all the alternatives have bundled the donation portion with the platform portion. Is yes. I think your point. Got it. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be interest. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But to me, this feels like a sea change, or it did until I said maybe this is the ad network, the ad supported model dying, and you two both laughed hard enough to put me off that idea. <laughs> <laughs> We're supportive friends. 
So maybe I'm wrong about that specific point. But yeah, I to me, this I think this could be a sea change in how things are done. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think it's all going to come back to advertising. And I think it will be a small set of companies. Because the, the thing as well, I know we talked about this again in the advertising show, was the tricky thing with advertising dollars being um, redirected to creators is that it's really hard to build an advertising network that's compelling that people are going to use. Like, you know, like the little, the little ones, even like Reddit is considered a little one compared to, you know, Facebook and Google and whatever else. But if you don't have that audience targeting and all the rest of it, then advertisers are not going to use it. Um, It will be fascinating to see. I think to me, the most interesting, the, the most interesting company who's playing around with all of this is X. Just because they're, it's just the wild west there right now as they're figuring out what to do right like all this experimentation around like the one dollar a year thing to try and keep the 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 bot spam down and they've 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 been innovating there pretty rapidly like if you look at what they've done in just the last year in terms of like x studio and full length uploads and this that and the other i think the most interesting to look at just because there's a lot going on there but a lot of it's not going to (laughs) work (laughs) so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out it will um yeah let's let's see how it works out i i I am this is one of the ones where i'm interested in um uh other people's thoughts on it like are there big monetization models that we haven't even talked about here people who are doing more uh still waiting for someone to figure out micro payments i will say It's yes, yeah, man. One day, I, I think the the thing I've heard the most about, which hasn't happened now that VR has sort of happened, has got to be micropayments, right? Yes, people have been talking about micropayments since I first discovered the internet, and yes. no one has ever nailed it. That would be one solution here. So, uh, on that bombshell, yeah, we're going to get to that once we've nailed the netbook. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Wow, there's blast in the past. I mean, the Chromebook basically is the nailed netbook, so. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the cloud is just a mainframe, right? According to people who don't like the cloud. So, uh, yeah, it it's goes not, full it, circle. It, it's not the cloud. It's just someone else's computer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, uh, uh, before we go, we should um quick shout out to Marius Krabek from Nerdsing Media, who is doing the editing for this show, which is going to be um, a particularly delightful delightful task for him since (laughs) um, Jono's network connection decided to jump out of a window in the middle of it. So we're sorry about that, Marius, and thank you very much. We love you. Cheers. Yes, we do. Thank you for all the work that you do. And also, I heard every third word of this, of everything these two guys (laughs) said for this last hour. So uh, Marius is going to have a lot on his hands. Yeah. So when this sounds delightful, um, you should uh, and you and you want your own stuff to sound delightful. Go to nerdzoom.media um, yep. to get it done for you. Yeah, and uh, let us know what you think. Go to our community. Let us know your thoughts on like are any of these models going to work? Um, and also, I'd love to learn what do you pay for. I'd love to learn what our uh, what our hmm. community members actually pay for. Yeah, that would be interesting. Not in terms of like you know where you go where there are ads but what content services whatever whatever do you pay for so which subs you know uh, substack or patreon or whatever so all right see you in the next one 
来啊。<笑><笑>